Welcome to the Ryerson Review of Journalism's podcast series. I'm Megan Matsuda. In our podcast today, we explore the allegations against Gian Gameshi and the role of female journalists in covering issues surrounding sexual assault, rape, and abuse. We speak to four journalists, Selene Cooper from the Montreal Gazette, Sachi Kuhl from Hazlitt, Robin Urbach from the National Post, and Margaret Wente from the Globe and Mail. Selene Cooper wrote an article for the Gazette about how the media should be talking about sexual violence, not Gian Gomeshi himself. The way that I see it right now, and this is a bit of the risk, is that Gian Gomeshi right now is the, he's been the catalyst for this conversation. He's sort of the fresh carrion thrown into the news cycle and everybody's talking about it and it, this is terrific. But how do we keep it at the forefront of public debate is another issue. And, and we see how the media cycle works. So what's big news today will be at the, you know, the back of the pages tomorrow. So I really hope that this issue has momentum because regardless of whether or not we're talking about it, it's happening. Um, and so I think what we can need to continue to do is, um, is bring it up is to, you know, to, to make sure that it, it doesn't go away. And I think those of us who do work in the media have a responsibility to make sure that even when the whole Gian Gomeshi case goes away, and it will, it will soon, I'm sure, we continue to talk about the actual issues. The fact is, is that social media is such a powerful machine and a powerful tool. And I think what happened was he, you know, this is obviously a man who's used to getting what he wanted. You know, the, the thing with social media is people can poke holes in your story and people can have discussions with one another and compare notes. And um, there's also sort of a, a safety and anonymity where, where a lot of these women, uh, there was one Twitter account, Big Ears Teddy, I think, where she had said, she, it sounds like she's a, a Carlton grad, if I'm, not, if I'm not mistaken, but, you know, saying way back in, in April, saying that, you know, Jungle Meshi was degrading women and things like this. And so what happens is you've got this, this social media machine that he can't control. In Margaret Wente's article, she writes, The truth is that some men have been pigs, and some men always will be. These men should be outed, shamed, and ostracized, which is exactly what was done to Mr. Gameshi this week. In the general context of you know, what's gone on in the last 40 years, especially in journalism and the media, I, could, I can talk a little bit about that. In an age, in an era where office harassment was just, it was just normal. It was just normal. There wasn't even a word for it. You know, young women, people were always, guys were always hitting on, on young women and the interns. And to be honest, nobody thought anything of it. And I'm not sure journalism was worse than any place else, but, you know, back in the 70s and 60s, everybody was young and it was a stage of sexual liberation, so a lot of fooling around and um, lots and lots of behavior that would never be tolerated today. You know, I'm talking about stuff that was right, right out in the open, you know, editor, editors hitting on young female reporters and all that stuff. Um, so standards of conduct have radically changed. That doesn't mean harassment has gone away. Obviously, it hasn't gone away. Codes of conduct and response to harassing behavior have changed. Um, I don't know of any workplace now, um, except maybe Parliament, as, as we find out, where there are not pretty, pretty strict standards of conduct and procedures for dealing with uh, harassment allegations. Sachi Cool from Hazlitt speaks more about female and male relationships in the journalistic workplace. 
it's prevalent everywhere. I mean, in any workplace that you're in, you're going to have uh, that issue with the exception of very few. I think I think it's a different beast in the journalism industry because there's such a community sense fostered. Uh, when you're in university, your professors take you out for drinks and they talk to you and they you call them by your, their first names. And then when you work in a newsroom, they have that same dynamic where there's so few of you and the industry is so volatile. We all have to stick together and we have to be friends and it's so small. There really aren't that many outlets to work at. There aren't that many people. So it creates this dynamic where not only do you feel unable to talk about things because you don't know who's friends with who, but it also creates a lot of anxiety around pissing anybody off, but also like, maybe he didn't mean it this way. Maybe he was just trying to be friendly. There are plenty of women who have who've been told, you know, they go to their HR rep and they say like, this happened and they tell you, well, should you have worn that? Should you have talked to him? Should you have gone and had a drink with him after work? So what can we as journalists do? Robin Urbach from the National Post shares her thoughts. And I don't think it's any coincidence that after this Gian Gameshi story came out, we have these allegations of sexual misconduct on the Hill. I think it's definitely related and it's spilling over to other areas. I don't know that we can sort of keep the conversation going because that's the nature of news. Things capture our attention for weeks, sometimes months, and then they fade and something else happens. A lot of people are saying that, you know, this might change the way journalists approach issues of sexual assault, they might give um, more credence to accusers. They might sort of be less hesitant to come forward with allegations. And I don't really know that that's true. If we look at the way that the Toronto Star handled this story, for example, from what we know, um, Jesse Brown and Kevin Donovan sat on the story for months and months and months. They had... um, the accounts of uh, accusers, and and they had done their interviews and they had done their research, and they, they sat on it based on the idea that they really didn't have quite enough to go off of. And um, the way that they explained it, it was when Gian Gameshi posted his Facebook uh, preemptive strike, if you will, saying that, you know, he's been wronged by the CBC and this is his personal life and everything was consensual. That was sort of the catalyst for the Toronto Star to come forward and say, okay, well, we have a hook now. He's brought this issue into the public sphere, and now we are justified in going forward um, with the report that we have. And I think that was the right way of doing it and the responsible way of doing it. Once he believes that we need to keep the conversation open with men in general. It's very useful for um, women to just talk to the men in their lives about their own experiences and about about how, you know, still surprisingly common this kind of stuff is. Because the men might be surprised. Because, of course, men rarely experience harassment. They have no idea. They have, they have no idea how, how prevalent it is in the culture. Helping men just understand what's going on is helpful. Thank you for listening to the Ryerson Review of Journalism podcast on the John Gameshi scandal. Thanks to Celine Cooper, Sachi Cool, Robin Urbach, and Margaret Wente. You can follow us on Twitter at Ryerson Review and on Facebook. I'm Megan Matsuda.